Hey, I'm Steve Fullen. Thanks for downloading. This time, what it's like being freelance for photographer Casey Gutteridge. People remember people. Do a good deed for someone and, and eventually that will come back and help you out. It was just connections I kept making and helped everyone along their way and kept my contact book up to date. The best way I find is learning from your mistakes and not being scared to try it. And if it works, brilliant. If it doesn't work, how can we make it work? starts to grow when you actually divide your time up and outsource it to other people so you can be carrying on doing the things that you're good at. Hey, how you doing? Hope you're good. So we've got photographer Casey Gutteridge with us this time chatting about what it's like for him being freelance. Don't forget, beingfreelance.com is the website, at beingfreelance on Twitter. Uh, Be great if you followed there. Be great if you can also subscribe if you enjoyed us on Stitcher or iTunes and spread the word amongst the people you know who are freelance or maybe thinking about going freelance. And if you've ever got any comments, really nice to hear from you as well. Anyway, let's crack on. Hey, Casey. Hi. Steve. So let's get started with how you got started being freelance. Well, it all started oh, six or seven years ago when I started at the Wedding and Hatfield Times as a straight out of college uh, photographer, not knowing a clue what I was doing with the camera. And uh, three years later on, I decided to go out of my comfort zone and go into a national news agency, uh, which then led another three years of my learning career. And uh, I just got to the point where so many of the clients I was doing work for privately kept asking for me again and again, and it was really difficult to be in two places at once. So I decided to take the leap, save up money, and uh, the beginning of January 2014, I started being freelance. So it was people that you were meeting whilst working for a, for a news agency? Yes, so I've always been a social whore ever since. Uh, <laughs> from a young age, I've, I've uh, people remember people, and uh, I've always thought, well, do a good deed for someone, and, and eventually that will come back and help you out. And uh, it was just connections I kept making, and even from the Welling Hatfield Times, I just uh, helped everyone along their way and kept my contact book up to date. And uh, People just said, oh, you do photography. I remember that. You helped me out doing this. And I just wondered if you're free next week. Are you free this week? And, and uh, sooner or later, the, the more people you get to know, the more people actually want you as yourself, which is quite nice, rather than going through a company. And um, my boss at the, the Southwest News uh, was actually really kind to me. And he, he knew I was um, good at what I did in, in the kindest way possible. And... He actually said, well, at any time, if you, you know, want to leave, just give us as much notice as possible. And uh, I gave him three months and uh, I originally said, oh, is it possible to go down to half sort of part time with you guys and then part time on my own? Because it's incredibly scary, the first thought of being freelance. Mm. And uh, he said, unfortunately not, because we need someone full time. So I was like, right, that's it. I'm going to take the jump. And uh, I, I just went for it. And how'd it go? Well, January the 1st came along and uh, two weeks later I still had a phone call, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought, oh, what have I done? Uh, I've I've messed up and uh, I think I'd taken into the time of the year as well if I was still on holiday and still recovering from turkey food in them. So uh, it it took a good sort of three weeks before actually the word started getting out and people actually phoning through and saying oh you're available this week next week and um 
because of the background I was from, a newspaper photographer, I actually found that uh, a lot of my work was immediately needed. So it was photograph that morning, send it out that afternoon. And that actually worked to my benefit when you're sort of turning around jobs because you then every day you're clearing your plate of work and starting the fresh and new day with a, a new a new office every day. And um, it's just, again, through word of mouth, people started to recognise me and recommend me as well, which I think is the best way forward. So do you actually, like, go out there trying to get clients or is it all about referrals? As to date, it's all been referrals, which wow. is absolutely incredible. And um, I think a lot of it's come from when I was learning to to be a photographer, um, I was sort of giving myself away for free to charities, to um, local groups to try and see, you know, if they can benefit from it, I can benefit and I can learn on the job as well. And uh, it's one of these things, It's photography is a beautiful art, but you only got one shot at it. And if that goes wrong, the client still wants something at the end. So by being able to sort of learn on the job, you can give them the safe shot, which I say is um, sometimes the boring shot, but it just ticks the box. Um, and then you can let your creativity come out, which sometimes is a bit of a risk because the client thinks, oh, I don't know if we've got time or I don't know if uh, if what we got in the brief is going to fit to it. But you need to push that barrier and, and break through that um, comfort zone. And that's what, by doing jobs for free, it, it was almost they're getting something for nothing so I can learn on the job and get something out of it as well. And um, I found that a lot of the staff that were working at the local charities then went on to larger charities and they remember the people. And I just got a phone call saying, are you, are you available? I remember you were a great photographer back then. And with time... Uh, your work just improves and improves, and uh, and now we get we get some interesting jobs. I tell you, yeah, I was going to say because you know I, I've um, it doesn't take long to to look at your Twitter feed or at your site to see Peter Jones pop up a lot from Dragon's mm-hmm. Den, yeah, and and like was it uh, Prince Andrew? Yes, HRH, the Duke of York, recently. So are those both via referrals? They are both exactly that. Um, Peter Jones was the first, uh, and that was at a, a golf day at Brockett Hall. And they, there was a charity day. Um, I was photographing for the, the newspaper. And uh, I just saw opportunities and I thought, there is connections galore here. And it's sort of like leaking out of the walls. I need to grab onto it and have a part of it. And uh, I remember talking to his PA at the time, Lucy, and I was like, oh, I really would love to help out with the charity. And um, it was like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take your details. And I was like, oh no, one of those. And I always I always think, well, well, you get you get that answer, and it's like, well, there goes your chance. But um, I I followed Peter around on the golf course in the buggy, and um, he actually wanted my golf buggy because mine had the sat nav and his didn't. So that was a good little uh, f- foot in the door. And I said, all right, it's <laughs> a sat nav. Surely you follow a ball. <laughs> you should you see need- the way they played. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we swapped over buggies and um, it's quite intimidating the first time because he's like 90 foot tall and he, he stood next to him and you're just staring at his like shoulders. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, do you do many charity events? He said, oh, yes, yeah, we, we have quite a few and we've got photographers that we use. And um, we followed him around a couple more holes 
And uh, I think Tommy just clicked. I just sort of asked him quite a personal question um, about his background and obviously him being an entrepreneur himself. It's uh, it's something that I think you can always relate to. And from there, he sort of that afternoon, I showed him some of the photographs and he was like, these are fantastic. Uh, definitely make sure we keep his contact details. And since that, I've gone on to do private birthday parties, family dinners, um, royal meets with him as well. And again, it's just through the connections that he has um, that actually it just gets you exposed in the right circle of people. That is brilliant. You had the vision to work for free to expand your portfolio, basically, but also mm. expand your your network and then have the balls to go up and, you know, like so, so most people would have probably given up at talking to the PA. <laughs> so do you have any um, tips, I guess, or tricks that you use when it comes to approaching people or uh, I don't want to say networking because it's not yeah. that's not really what you're doing. Connecting, I guess, Connecting. is probably a, a better phrase. Yeah, I would always say um, vet out the, the type of person first and make sure it's appropriate and comfortable and you're not going to jeopardise the job that's you're there to do originally. Um, because that's that's the main thing is you're, you're obviously there to do a job and you don't want to look unprofessional. And I always just then try and get in that people are people and sort of some people get um, starstruck or they get nervous by other people, but... If I can find a common ground that relates each other to the conversation, you then go to find out that actually then they're not, you know, this big superstar that you see on telly and they're actually just a person. And whether it's a question that you just ask them about how they are or or about their background. And it's just a link like that, that people actually think, actually, this guy's more than just, you know, a, a photographer or a paparazzi. It's actually he's a kind person and um i just so far so good it's it's been working quite well you also said about um keeping your contact book up to date is yes. like is that an actual conscious thing and what, like, what yes. do you use is is it a book or have you got some sort of content management system going on <laughs> yes. is it all in your head what's the deal no that's there's too much going on in the head at the moment i need to get everything down and in, in digital paper so the best thing i use is an app called CamCard, and it's a it's a great little app that you any business card you get you just take a photo of it and it it automatically fills in all the details using text recognition software and that also stores the date that that it was taken and also the picture itself so if i think i can't remember who that was but i remember roughly whereabouts in time it was that i met him I can just go back into the app, bring up his card, and that, that usually is the way that I remember people, and then that syncs throughout all of my devices. And uh, I also have the original card, and I've got a... I could make a bed out of the amount of business cards that I collect over the week. It's brilliant. I always think if, you, if you're actively going out there once, twice a week, and you're picking up new cards by talking to new people, there's always going to be a new stream of business coming in. So do you go to networking events actual networking events i have been to a couple in the past and they're they're okay some of them work um if if it's not sort of like a uh how do you say a 
a closed circle networking group, um, which was one I was at and it just wasn't for me. I tried it. It was too local. I, ne- I wanted to get more into London and into a wider audience. Mm. Um, but the best place that I pick up, I sound like a, a, a <laughs> this sounds horrendous, doesn't it? The, the pickup lines. <laughs> the best place that I pick up my business is through um, the sort of high-end gala dinners or the... Um, the job where most of the CEOs or the managers are there from the companies and that is where you get direct contact with them rather than going in at the bottom level and trying to talk and climb your way up to the top. I just normally go for the one at the top and just get him to know who I am, show him this is my work, this is what I want to offer and you you see for yourself and see what you think. Yeah, do you know, because sometimes I host host at those sort of things mm. and uh, I always think, man, there's a lot of powerful people in this yeah. room. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I, I just feel like too much of a cheese to go up to people afterwards, really. Yeah, see, I, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Cheese, maybe, look at it that way. <laughs> or, or maybe it's easier if you've got the camera and you're already... Because having a camera brings you close into them. It's, it opens the conversation immediately, doesn't it? It's, Absolutely. And puts you... It lets you into that sort of intimate circle around them as well. Mm. How have you coped with the financial side of it? I'm I'm imagining there must be a lot of expenses to keep track of for a start when when you're a photographer you, you do it seems like mainly location type stuff so you don't have a studio do you no no, no. it's all all location so so you're permanently kind of hitting the road so pres- presumably you've got to stay on top of things yes usually fridays is invoice and receipt day uh which is so much fun isn't it so we've got uh, a system in place that all the invoices get sent out on Friday mornings and thankfully now we've got a a great accountant that all of my invoices get put in a box and sent to him and I feel sorry for him sometimes because I collect so many you sort of train travel coffees here and there clients you're meeting up with and you're just purchasing batteries and props for jobs and sometimes the accountant would phone me and say is this for real you really need like a, a blow up lilo for a job <laughs> oh yeah of course you do of course <laughs> the duke of york is very particular about what he'll lie on <laughs> so did you make did you start off doing your own like receipts and everything and then think no i need an accountant or was that something you did straight off the bat i started off um keeping it and doing it all myself uh that was just from the same method that i used at my old job because each week you put your expenses in you keep log of your miles, you keep log of um, any expenses and then every Thursday they get sent off and I just found from errors that if you leave it one, two, three weeks, it just hurts and sometimes even thought of doing it hurts more than actually doing it. So um, I tried it for probably five or six months and it got to the point where there was just the amount of time I was spending doing it, it actually make more sense to get someone else in or ship it out to do externally which that's what i did and you got a real life accountant rather than I've got, online i've got a real life person accountant and uh it's not my mum or my sister it's it's an actual qualified accountant and um and you used the phrase we've we send out invoices we've got is that simply a term that you're using as in like you and him or have you started taking on people to, to work with you uh my sister's just finished uh, her a levels and is looking for some part-time work so she is the we, is the other end of the we. And um, 
it's just again learning um i found it so difficult to to get everything out of my head and into like a business system um because if i would stop working the whole company would stop working um and that for me is something that anyone who's i I say going into being a freelance is to have a method or structure in place that if you stop the company can carry on there's procedures in place and sometimes the best way of doing it is getting someone in who knows nothing and try and get them to do the job and then they'll they'll get probably 10 seconds in to say how do you do this and that's where you then start writing down all the hows how do you do this and eventually you'll have a system or a step by step that you can do that you can just teach other people and that is where it starts to grow when you actually uh, divide your time up and outsource it to other people so you can be carrying on doing the things that you're good at. Interesting. So is she wanting to be a photographer? She always winds me up and says, oh, I could take a better picture than you. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a little bit of rivalry. But she's um, she actually wants to go into events herself. But um, we do occasionally have on-site printing and I, I bring her in, uh, pay her a set rate and then she's learning on the job as well. And, and again, through my network of people, she's actually trying to get experience and work experience, which uh, she currently has um, secured a place at, which is great. So it's, some, it's again, it's that uh, for me, my network is not just helping me, it's helping other people. And sometimes I go out, out of my way just to make sure that someone who's looking for something or some way that I can help someone else, that you make it um, clear that you're helping them and it's just the circle of life i feel that it eventually it comes back and helps you because that's the thing isn't it when you're a photographer or it goes for most things really in a sort of creative freelance way you're most of us wouldn't be so pretentious as to call ourselves artists photographers and illustrators are much more <laughs> at that end but but it is something that we're we're creating. We've got into it for a particular reason. You know, we feel like we've got a particular talent and skill towards that. Mm-hmm. Business, therefore, isn't necessarily what we trained in or what we're naturally leaned to. So have you gone out of your way to pick up those sort of skills or have you just got a natural thing for it or are you just um, copying everything Peter Jones does? <laughs> well, he's, a, he's actually quite a funny one because at the events we do with him – there's a charity event each year, which is a, a charity shooting day. And I, we do that as a expenses only. So we just cover our costs and it's all raising money for charity. And it, last year he actually said, oh, we've, we've been giving Casey some business school teaching, but he just doesn't understand the concept. He keeps doing this all for free. It's ridiculous. So um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm actually waiting for the, the chance to pin him down and say, look, it's about time that you become my mentor and uh, help me out along the way. But that's um, it's actually been something that I picked up along the way. It's learning on the job. And the best way I find is learning from your mistakes and not being scared to try it and if it works brilliant if it doesn't work how can we make it work and especially with the business side you're, you're correct it's photography um is an art and there's quirkiness and craziness and there's uh, a lot of coffee but you have to remember that sometimes it's not always the artiest jobs that that bring in the money you, you sometimes have to do um just follow the brief and, and tick off the boxes and keep the client happy. And 
it's more so if you haven't got a business ethic to it and you just want to go out and be a hippie frippy freelancing photographer who takes pictures of ducks and everything um you you've got to have some sort of direction there otherwise you'll end up not having the continuous flow of money coming in what would you say are the key lessons then that you've picked up for me my my sort of business ethic is the customer service is to always make sure that the, you, you both understand the job, the brief, that you and the client are happy throughout. The delivery time, that's one thing that um, we pride ourselves on is we'll shoot an event, whether it be a gala dinner for a thousand people or a small job for um, a said client, and we'll make sure it's to them within 12 hours of shooting. And I feel that is something that, especially in today's age with social, Twitter, Instagram, is so quick. Everyone wants to talk about it and tweet pictures so soon that the quicker we have the images to the client, the quicker they can send them on and talk about it and make their event last and, and be, have a better atmosphere to it. Um, also, like the attention to detail. So anything that, um, you know, you've done all the tick lists, you've done the brief. The next thing is to go, right, what what else could we throw in there? We go above and beyond. We'll always under-promise and over-deliver. And... Uh, it's just being a nice person. I, I find it's just making sure that everyone has fun, enjoys themselves. And it's almost like a comedy show. Sometimes it's, you know, people are there for a, a fun night. They've, they've turned up, they're dressed up to their best and you don't want someone who's unsociable or, or <laughs> you know, stressed out and just looks like he wants to go home. You want someone who wants to, to be involved and to really look like they're enjoying themselves. Do you, do you know you saying that has reminded me one of the weirdest things I ever did was host an award ceremony, which is something I sometimes do. And uh, it was at Hatfield House. It was quite posh. Yeah. So often the way is I introduce it and then everybody sits down and have a meal. Then I come back. Mm. And during the meal, they opened up a door, which I then walked through. And there was a table, like in this quite a big, imagine the size of a village hall, this room with one table with two chairs in the middle of it, uh, with set out with knives and forks and plates for me and the photographer. <laughs> You've made it. So, so I sat down and had a romantic meal for two with this photographer. <laughs> How did it go? Did you get his number? <laughs> um, so uh, this is something we always do. Three facts about yourself. Two of them are true. One of them is a lie, and I have mm -hmm. to figure out the lie. Now here goes my poker face. Right. So number one, I once crashed into David Seaman in a golf buggy. <laughs> number two, Ola Jordan once helped me pick out some underwear for my mum. <laughs> Ola Jordan from Strictly Come Dancing. Yes, the very beautiful wow. Ola Jordan. Wow. And number three... I pretended to be in Elton John's band to get closer to him. <laughs> These are brilliant. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so how did you... Cr you actually crashed your golf buggy into David Seaman. Yes. Um, it was into his golf buggy, and we had a head-on collision, and uh, he just couldn't dive out of the way in time. <laughs> it, was, it was horrendous. I felt so bad. I, we were driving up um, through the golf club, and there was a sharp tourner that both of us came in at different angles at, and we both just saw each other, and tried to break but no one actually saw it until it was too late and then we just literally bumped off each other and uh he apologized profusely and so did i and i went on with our days and ever since that every time i see him he's sort of buggy man to me now 
<laughs> buggy man sounds like mm. the, the, the worst superhero ever <laughs> okay what was fact two? Oh, ola jordan picked out pants for your mum Mm-hmm. The weirdest bit about this story isn't meeting Ola Jordan, isn't being underwear shopping with Ola Jordan. Yeah. It is the fact that you're buying pants for your mum. Yeah, I know. That's uh, I, I always didn't want to say that one, but um, I phoned her and she was okay with me telling you, which is all right. So I'm not in the doghouse. Why were you buying <laughs> pants for your mum? There's a story to it. It's fine. Uh, I had uh, an opening of a lingerie shop. It was called Bow Avenue, which is owned by Theopathetis. And... Ola Jordan was the sort of model of the day. She came down, she was doing all the press shots. And I was just talking to her and saying about my mum really wanted to try and get some discounts on some underwear. <laughs> and she said, do you know what size she is? And I was like, well, I, I have no idea. And I, I don't really want to know either. And she's like, right, put her on the phone. Let's find out what she is and we'll help pick out some stuff for her. And that thing I know, I had my mum on the phone to Ola and she was saying, oh, how about this one? Do you think this colour's nice? I was like, yeah, yeah, that looks fine. Just put it in the bag. Get on with it. This is embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's why we're, we're, we're underwear buddies now. Wow. Um, and you pretended to be in Elton John's band? Yeah. I tried to get close to him at a gig. So I had my rucksack with me and I said, oh, it's got all my instruments in. I, I need to get backstage to try and get a picture of him. And uh, it didn't work. I, they sort of saw through it. I, I don't understand. You, you weren't working there as a photographer. I was, but I was just trying to get the shot that no one else had. I wanted to go backstage. I wanted to be nosy. Oh, I see. So all the photographers were meant to be out the front. Yeah, in the pit. But in order to get ahead of everybody else, you wanted to get backstage mm. and pretended to be in his band. I thought that was a legit way to getting in. Seemed seemed like a good idea at the How time. How far did you get? Almost to the door. And then one of the security guards looked back and just thought, hold on. That, that's not right. Get back here. I have no idea. It's the joys of having a photographer's lifestyle. You never know where and what. That's why I talk to my friends and they're like, yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, you photographed the Queen. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, you see, the last time we had a photographer on, it involved Richard Branson's arse. Ah. Um, and this is very similar. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to say the Ola Jordan one is true because why on earth would you make that up? <laughs> <laughs> You're correct, that is true. You would need some sort of therapy. So, <laughs> that must be true. So, that means that you didn't crash into David Seaman. He doesn't call you buggy man. That's the lie. <laughs> no, that's correct. No, I, I, what? I did. I, I felt so sorry. I, I, I don't know if it damaged the buggy. I won't say which golf course it was at because they, they might be listening. <laughs> But uh, we are, we're now, every time I see him, he's just buggy man. That's, we, we know each other, though. It's a, nice, it's a nice introduction. There you go, breaks the comfort zone. <sighs> Do you know, there is something about golf buggies, though, isn't it, which makes you drive like a lunatic. Oh, it's awesome. Honestly, try to do it with, like, a camera in it as well. You can sort of be a proper drive-by shooter. Yeah. <laughs> I remember do, doing a radio show from a golf club once and driving a golf buggy into our broadcast equipment and taking us <laughs> off air. <laughs> Blame it on the buggies. <laughs> um, we normally say, if you could give a bit of advice to your younger self, mm. what would it be? Ooh, good question. My younger self, I would say... Stop worrying about the what ifs and the stuff that hasn't happened and just take a leap and go for it. And the worst that can happen is it gets embarrassing and you work through it. You learn from it and you carry on and pick yourself up and keep going forward. 
Casey, thanks so much. Where can people find you online? They're at cpgphotos.com and the same for Twitter and Instagram. It's at CPG. Do you find, actually, that those outlets bring you... I, I know you're you're getting referral work, but surely people must be keeping an eye on you or tracking you down or what. You know, like, is that important for you to keep those up to date? Socials, yes. I, I have a thing called My Office, which is a photo of where I am every day, and I always try and get it retweeted by the client I'm working with. And normally through that, it just... Their network of Twitter feeds or LinkedIn or, or Instagram, you normally have people that just look on and, and think actually he might be worth looking into sometime or it's so and so I saw you working for them and I just wondered if we can have you on our job and that's how I got my job this morning funnily enough I was out uh, photographing England rugby legend Jason Robinson and it was through someone who was at an O2 event and they thought I remember that photographer and whether they scrolled through the Instagram or Twitter feed to get back to me and there it is. It connects the dots up. That's great, isn't it? So hashtag my office or something. But and you actually encourage your client to do that. Yes, uh, it's sometimes they love talking about it. Again, there's some things that I, I can't talk about. I'm not even allowed to put online. But before you know it, they've accidentally followed you through, clicked, and then hit follow. Absolutely, yeah. And that's all it takes is one or two connections on a, on a job, and it's usually the CEOs of companies or the managers. And there's nothing wrong with keeping friendly with them, keeping asking how their night was, sending them some of the images to make sure they've personally got them. And uh, if it's not a camera in the hand, it's a business card. Nice. Uh, Casey, thanks so much. And best of luck being freelance. Thank you very much, Steve. Steve.